there's a crowd singing, I just like let them sing the part that I forget. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> that is a really smart yeah, way. Bro, and then I'm just like, ah, music, <laughs> The song Tadiera, was it influenced by uh, your past breakups? So welcome everybody to the SJK podcast. Our guest is Wang Lin Sherpa today. He's a artist as well as a TikTok creator. Thank you, Wang Lin Nai, for being here. Thank you for having me. So I would want to dive in straight to your childhood. Like, mm-hmm. how did you start music as a child? Uh, so music, say, for me, ever since I was very young, I always enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to take, like, guitar classes. And then for a few months, I took vocal classes. So it was never something that I really was like, I'm going to do this professionally. Mm-hmm. Or, like, I'm going to make my own songs and put it out there. It was just like... When everyone's singing, when everyone's playing guitar, it's just fun. Ani, I used to like just like learn songs and play them. On your guitar classes, like oily tava, mom dad or liragdin, and today bela tava le mom dad or liragdin. Okay, was it like school ma? Hamro so isu hamro school ma bani. Every Tuesday and Thursday after school bani you could take different different classes. Okay, mm-hmm. so that was one of the classes I took, and mm-hmm. then out of uh, school as well. My my like my dad, my dad has always been like he's really pushed us to unzani. Like learn different instruments, do different sports, do all that stuff, and so he used to like take us for proper like guitar class. One day he used to take us. Okay? Was this Nepal? Mein? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yate, yate. And this is what was your first instrument? Guitar, bro. Guitar. Yeah, I actually know my first instrument was keyboard. Eora? Yeah, before I before I played guitar, because plus I started playing guitar when I was like eleven or twelve, right? But by the school and I used to take proper like keyboard like lessons, right? Okay? Mm. And when did you start writing your own songs? Uh, that's kind of a... It's difficult because I used to write little like snippets every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but not proper songs. Like I didn't have a song that I was like, oh, listen to the song that I wrote. I had like... You know, have you heard the... Uh-huh. Like, dude, say, just that part. Just the part I had that written in 2015. But just that one part. And then, yeah, and then it just it stayed on my phone for like seven, six, seven years until I developed it into a song. But first proper song I wrote was 2021, so like last year. Hey, so time for the surubaho. Oh, actually no, no, it was the end of 2020. So take it to COVID, take it uni uni belama. Ani topic obviously, a lot of musicians start off with covers. I think mm-hmm. you started off with yeah, covers yeah, yeah. as well. And mm-hmm. how important do you think? Is covers for a upcoming artist like I'm saying, the signature process. So funny, yeah. The first cover I ever posted, I posted like 2011, ma. Okay. On YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube. I've, I've it's it's gone now. Yeah. Hey. I, I I like removed it. I was so young, okay. That uh, I think it's. I mean, it's just uh, <laughs> for me. It's like the first step in developing as a as an artist is for you to learn from other artists mm-hmm. and. Like when you like, I think I make a habit of doing that even now. Is every time there's a song that I really like, mm-hmm. I make a habit of like trying to learn that song. Okay, because when you learn the songs, when you learn the lyrics, when you learn how to play it, a little bit of that like stays with you. Okay, and so the next time you write and the next time you play, like a little bit of that stays with you. Okay, and that helps you develop as an artist. So I think it's not super super important. Tata, I mean, I think everyone I know who's ever been Or everyone I know as an artist here, that everyone at some point has done it. Yeah, hey, unless it's like mm, you have done. I mean, you said you've been 
doing this as a child and and this was your did you played as uh, to concerts or in school as well yeah 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 bro school mata on any teachers day parents day like every time i had like a small band of me and my friends okay? uh-huh. and then we would meet in like someone's house and then we would just practice you know the classic songs okay? like uh, if you don't mind asking where did you study RBS. Yeah, RBS mom. Oh, RBS. Mom. So this, we had like teachers oh. day, parents day, all that stuff mom we used to always play. So were you like the famous kid who onseni plays music? No, no, no. Not I mean like I'm a school throw sano tiba kid famous. Thought I was the guy who everyone knew like sang. Yeah. Like everyone knew like that was kind of my thing is just like playing guitar and singing. And were you already to a point man like I'll be serious with music? No, or? no, 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 bro. I had I mean I think in the back of my head I was always like I think I can do it. I'm saying yeah. I had this like belief I don't know where it came from that like it more like them got no tell one is hey I have what it takes to succeed. Thought to get licks who any get lick it record got it I'll put it out there for people to listen to one is it called even there. And what major did you do particularly? So I majored in computer science. Yeah, and this is the, like to computer major gorda gorda like in the back of the head coily were you like shit i should have done music rather than computer science or so not really i think for me the main catalyst of pursuing music a little bit more not seriously but a little bit more uh, with passion monumna uh, would be that tacko like we saw like everyone knows the pandemic happened and we were all at home and I think I had just so much free time on my hands that I had no excuse. Okay? Mm-hmm. Like for every year before I was like, oh, like I have assignments, I have, you know, I have like hang out with my friends, all this stuff happening around the time or even just like pushing yourself to to do that. But then when there is a pandemic and you can't go anywhere and you're at home the whole day, I was like, okay, I would say like Nepal. And then the the main thing that like pushed me towards making music was that I I like I saw myself so vividly, okay? I saw myself like 50 years old and regretful okay? and looking back and being like yeah I'm what yeah well I when I was 24 man if I just put that song out man like what kyun sok the type okay I was like love bro like eff it like unzani let's try it oh, if I fail if it if it's bad then it's okay but yeah cuz we I did IB in Ulens right so when I was studying the courses it was always like I should have done YouTube like it the energy it was going through like just starting and then doing assignments right that at the back of the air it was like unsani shit yaar i should have done youtube kinaki like unsani this is not fulfilling enough just the life again so was that the same like unsani fulfilling a thena so that i music i at for me say fulfilling banani i just knew that it was something that interested me and it was something that i knew if i didn't pursue at least like semi when I mean, like pursue properly i would always regret it okay cuz you can find fulfillment from other stuff as well that i just didn't want the main reason that i didn't do music to be that i was like scared of funzani of people being like hey sku git the bah hai sa sku funzani like people not enjoying my songs and so i think yeah i think that's the main reason that i was like okay like let's see where this goes like cool. and this is like a music noba kobelama were you already like i'll do a computer science degree and then potsigor i'll be this one and dimag maraki saketyo ki was it still like i don't know what you, what i want to do i mean i think this is where a lot of us especially at our age were always like considering and reconsidering what exactly it is that we want to do true and um i don't think anyone i mean i think some people are sure but i think most people are still trying to figure out 
what they want, um, what they want to do. And I think I was at a point where I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I also knew that there would not be another time in my life where I could just take risks like this. Okay? There wouldn't be another time in my life where I could just be like, okay, let, let's do music for a year and a half. Because after you're married and you have kids and all that stuff, that you kind of have a responsibility to just continue, like keep food on the table and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, I'll never be this young again. And I'll never have like itty-tode responsibilities on my shoulders ever again. So let's just go for it. Uh, so you went to abroad to do your higher studies, I right? know. Mm-hmm. Did you start or Nepal? Like making music? Yeah. It was during lockdown last year. So, so were you yeah, here? I was already there. I was there. For some parts, I was there. For some parts, I was here. So made an album, go a few a few songs I wrote there, a few a few songs I wrote here. And how was your experience Danko given some music making? Um for me but it was like it was like a kid at like when you take a kid to like a park, uh-huh. like a uh like amusement park. Yeah. I was like I came to this <clears throat> studio, I don't know anything about anything, like they're teaching me everything on the fly. It's the first time I've ever properly recorded. They're like teaching me how far the mic should be, how I like how I should be strumming, what stuff to avoid what the different mics like why we use different mics for different stuff and so for me it was just like i think we so we, we recorded the album over three weeks and those three weeks were just like a whirlwind of just like every day we're trying something new we're trying to like see how well we can take this like small idea that i have of a song um and develop it into actual like something we can actually put out there for people for people to listen to I think when you want to go to a studio, you probably have a song I don't think people like to seek out process so like to seek out process like uh like in Nepal do you think I don't think it's like that versus because I just think is that it was just the situation that i found myself in uh, is that i was a young guy with a few songs and very little experience and the team that i had they were like two guys with a lot of experience mm-hmm. and so i think they saw the potential in what i had mm-hmm. and they were like okay like he has this he doesn't have that but we can like provide that to him mm-hmm. and so i think it like i think it's just like if you're new and you and you want to learn and there are people like willing to teach i think anywhere in the world that's like the best formula okay? yeah, so like the first instinct was your like on sending goyo on studio with too like when you had songs means um i was in touch with one of my producers before we went to the studio and we worked on a song that i had and he was like okay like i think this has the potential to be something special like we should prop we should do it properly at a studio because we were just recording in his house like he had a good mic and stuff Ani, he was like okay bro like let's just do let's just go for it let's just record an album and so i think when that happened is when i properly was like okay I, I, it's an album I, I have to have songs so that's when i started like properly like like songwriting composing figuring out how to take just words and like phrases here and there and really like mold them into a song yeah, because uh, a lot of people struggle with, I think, finding the right people to mentor them. Mm-hmm. Okay, how did you find like people to mentor you? I was so lucky, bro. It was just like I had a mutual friend, like a friend who introduced me to 
the guys that I worked with. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he, they just knew each other from like they'd worked before. And he was a family friend. And this was my friend as well. And he was just like, oh, like, Wong, I know you make music or I know you're interested in music. I have a friend who's like a professional musician. Like, I think you guys should meet. Uh-huh. And then we just met and we just like our, I think our goals or not necessarily goals, but just like our vibes kind of aligned in the sense that like we understood like that a partnership would be good for the both of us in the sense that like, I think he understood that I was so raw. Like I was so raw. I didn't have that. I, and, and he saw that he could really like help polish my, my um, music and my songs. And so I think that's why we both like gravitated towards each other. I think uh, one of the key things is you're like putting yourself out there. And I think mm-hmm. if you didn't do that, you know, like I don't think you would meet those people. Mm-hmm. So do you think like you need to put yourself out there for these opportunities to 100%, get you? 100% bro. I think that's like my motto right now is, mm-hmm. I think about that often. Like you said, Neil, you were like, I wish I'd done like YouTube earlier. YouTube I was like, I just wish that I think a lot of us go through this where we're afraid mm-hmm. of being judged. Mm-hmm. We're afraid of being like, eh, this guy tries too hard or this guy's always doing this. Or this guy's doing like, I never wanted to. When I was like younger, I was very paralyzed by the fear of being judged or being perceived as a tryhard. Okay? And which is why like I didn't take that step forward and put out more songs on YouTube or like Munsani like sing more on YouTube. I think Munsani like Tu Bela already I had one cover that was like Tu Bela got 3,000, 4,000 views Munsani. I was like wow this is so cool and it got such positive reception. Okay, I think if I'd really like built on that it could have been something else. But then again I didn't want to be that guy who's like posting on YouTube being like oh listen to me types. Okay? And I was so like scared of being judged in that way. But now to my like my number one piece of advice is just like go for it. Okay? The worst you can do is fail and then that's it but just like go for it i mean i see these um videos of i think you have also seen all that the love work or like how they create that song okay it's so interesting mm-hmm. that any they just have the keyboard and then they just have a laptop and they start producing and you know? so what what does your music production or writing songs process look like uh so usually it's me and a guitar and my phone and then usually i write everything on like a laptop so i have like google docs or something open and then every time i i'll just be like i'm like i'll just like play something and then i'll try to come up with the like words that go with it so i'll just like be playing around on the guitar and then if i find oh like, wait this chord progression sounds kind of cool and then i'll be like okay and then i'll put my phone and then i start recording and i just like say whatever comes to my mind and then you just keep doing that until you see okay wait that kind of sounded good and then you're like okay wait let's take that little snippet, develop it a little bit more, and then try to develop a song from there. So every song that I write usually starts off with just me and a guitar and my phone. And then from then on, we just like keep figuring out what's good and what's bad and then just trying to develop it further and further. How good are you with your uh, softwares? Like, I'm not very good, bro. Like I started learning literally like 2020 was when I first ever started music production. And every, and the songs that I do, like they're very, they're very not like, digital one like every instrument on my songs is an actual instrument and so um when i like it's different i don't know it's difficult because i think the music that i listen to is a lot more like r&b where you use your daw ones okay? oh, yeah. uh, and so the daw they use it so much more 
but for some reason the music like that i end up creating is so much more just like guitar me bass drums that's it or just like other instruments that i don't really need like the program that much but honestly if like this is a not really a message but this is to everyone out there is like if you're stopping yourself from creating music or creating anything by being like hey most of the software is high or most of the equipment is high like there's a lot of hits made just from a phone like from free software just using a phone as a mic like i think it's more about the music and the lyrics than it is about the equipment you use and the software you use so do you think like of a i think you have seen charlie puts like when you're like he sound like when you just translates it something to a song you know do you knowledge boy when do you think it's a asset to your music production that take like it's in briglum so here's the thing i think if you can do that it's an asset because then you make more interesting music but if you're limiting yourself from creating in the first place because you're like oh like i'll only make music when i know how to do that like you're never going to start because you see that oh yeah he's like sampling this you know but that comes from like years and years of just messing around just seeing what works seeing what doesn't work and so that works for him but there's been so many songs that just one person in a guitar where you don't need all these fancy unseni like software and you don't need all the different keyboards he's using like it's just a person on a phone True. and i think like that's that just like i think reinforces the point that at the end of the day all we care about is the music like we care about the words and we we care about like how it sounds how equipment geek are you yourself zero zero for me i think the most important thing is melody and then the second most important thing is um the words and like equipment software all that stuff comes way later okay and like help me understand this cuz like i had vision diana in here mm-hmm. and he said like label one in nepal ma chadai chaina like so can you explain me a little bit about these labels how it works and nepal ma ke situations of this ko bare ma so honestly for i don't think i'm the right guy to tell you because mm-hmm. i'm also very new to the music scene here uh-huh. and my situation is so different from what most artists here go through mm-hmm. and so i don't really think i'm the like proper person yeah. to could could to you answer. topic could say cause like what do you do topic is like so is so, so i work with a label in the states mm-hmm. um and they help me produce my music and in return for that like there's a cut that there's a cut that they take and there's a cut that i receive but like that's like any other partnership anywhere is that mm-hmm. when two people are working together both get paid um and so the music that i make with their help like they obviously have a certain percentage that they take and the music that and then so but like when i perform here and stuff like they have no say in that uh, any like their how it works uh-huh. here with like the other artist agencies here so i have no idea okay? hey. like what their arrangement is i have no idea cuz from what i i think heard is label one ekurane chaina re nepal ma like the rights and stuff sani bads so nepal ma tesa chaina re maile sunne anusar chai but like yeah like are they like copyright dikhe sabai unharle ni herdina tapaiko so like my team there handles everything oh, sorry sorry the team there handles everything from like putting it on youtube spotify amazon and like they handle the whole business side so i all i do is write 
and then I record and then I sing and then everything else they take care of. Uh, and then like how how early did you like when you start your album like recording your album because I think topic is a beats beats man like you already have your songs recorded and then potsy guys that you converted into music videos and yeah so it's a so i had a lot i had like four or five songs written way before we ever even thought about recording an album okay mm-hmm. um in like to- 2020 2021 i had a few songs written like all that stuff was written before we ever decided to make an album mm-hmm. um but then when i went to the studio and we recorded the stuff and then we we're like okay we're gonna make this into a proper album and then that was june of 2021 and then we recorded the album it was mixed mastered i had the final like mastered copy november and then from then on we released the whole album on spotify and then we're dropping it on youtube say slowly okay because mainly my thing was like no one knows who i am i don't have the following where i can just drop a whole album and people will like listen to all of it or give all of it a chance and i never wanted one song to like impede on the other songs performance okay so if i drop 10 songs as a they compete for each other's playtime neither But if I drop a song today and then I drop a song three months from now and then three months from then, then each song gets its own like space to breathe and develop and see what happens with there or from there. And so I have nine songs in my album. I think I've put out four on YouTube right now. Um, we have another on the way, probably December. And then from then on, so I think I'm not going to do any music videos for the rest of them. I think I'm just going to drop them like lyric videos or just official audio. I think that's a really smart way to do it because like, A lot of people, I and mean, artists I see, and I, YouTube mayors, when it's like your album, and I don't think they market it real well, and it just stays there. Okay? I think it's like, it depends on who you are, because okay? if uh-huh. you're a very established artist uh-huh. with a huge fan base, no matter what you put out there, people will give listen. you, yeah, people will listen. But for me, at that point, I had no songs out, like no one knew who I was, like no one really even knew that I made music. And so I knew that, I had to let every song kind of start off or like every song, every song that I dropped next would not benefit, but every song that I dropped next would be helped by the song that came before it. So if I drop like a song, Aza, if that song does well, when I drop my next one, I have an even bigger audience. And I have even more people who are engaged and are interested in me as an artist. And so every song that I drop next and next and next has a higher chance of success. And so that's all what that's all that I wanted to do was just like give my songs a chance to be heard okay because that's that, that's why we do this. And do you like strategize like like more aesthetic goals to one or do you already have that in mind or like what's it going like it just happened? I try. I mean every I think for me I think if you are making music at the level that I am which is like you're barely starting you either have to be really 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 good or you have to be strategic about how you go about things. And I don't think I'm really 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 good. So I think I have to compensate that for that by like pushing my songs on TikTok or any like stuff like that where I'm like using other avenues to make people like listen to my songs. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah, I think if you're not strategic, if you're just making music and putting it out there, I think you're doing yourself a big disservice. Uh and like how many concerts have you like played in? concerts bandali is i big I, events big events i think i've done like um like two or three like proper big events with like mm. a lot huge crowd 
thought uh i used to, I've, been, I've been doing a bunch of gigs every now and then i've stopped for now for i'm taking a break from gigs for now thought uh, i've played at uh since april was my first gig i think since april i played like 15 20 different times yeah so i, I, pl- I played a That's lot a lot yeah which is why i'm taking a break now i think i need to and cool off for a bit. when then when when was the point where you realized that you were famous famous though i think actually because every now and then people ask me for like a picture or the, I, I see people point that uh the amounts of tony the that has one that has of i think it was just like it was free you had like some years so like someone everyone playing so it was like every, all the kids came. and my like general the people who like to listen to my music and watch my tiktoks are like Kids of Andani, just people age, like maybe like 15 to like Unzani, my uh-huh. age. And so there were just like thousands of them. And so like every time I walked, they were like, oh, walk that time, walk that time. And I was like, damn, like that's the first time I ever felt like, wow, people really know me and people really like. And then cool. were you like nervous before like doing those concerts? I don't, I don't, like I, I think only time I've ever been nervous performing was when I was performing in front of like 12 people. And that was because I hadn't, like, I was not prepared for it. Okay? So I was just at this, like, event somewhere. And I was like, And I was like, And I just went and I took the artist's guitar. And because I wasn't prepared at all. But for Mozart and stuff, like, I practiced so much. Like, we put in the work. And I'm, like, pumping myself up before I go on stage. So by the time I reach on stage and... I don't know. I'm been, I've been very fortunate that like people are so nice to me. Okay? So I think if I went on stage and everyone was like, oh, you suck, boo, I'd be very frazzled. But every time I go on stage, people, people are so lovely. And so it always just like feeds into my confidence okay? where I feel more and more like, eh, let's do it. The reason that I asked that question was like, everybody was there you know, and this, you just took out your phone and started making a TikTok. Yeah. Okay? And I was like, how like how do you have the confidence because nikki i think showtime is very good and then to go on a little bit confidence and he signs it music has is about it bro they told me that i would start at like 3 15. no they told me that i'll start at 3 45 and at three o'clock they called me and said you're gonna go on in 3 15. so i had to run back to brikuri mandap and my band was also they told her 3 45 so we're gonna prep for 3 45 so we're all somewhere else somewhere else and then I called my band. I was like, yo, you guys need to get your ASAP. And so they're on their way as well. Eh? Oh, exactly. There's traffic outside. It's not stuck outside. And so we were like stuck in this like limbo where it's our time to perform. But half my band isn't here. And so I was like, I have to stall somehow. All right, I'll make a TikTok. And then like, to pilot he pre-planned Turkey before stage Mazandahiri, was it like stage my idea? Okay, now I'm going to make a TikTok. Oh, it was just on stage. I was like, oh, but I have to entertain these people somehow. I know what the people want, right? Like, they want to be seen on a TikTok that goes viral type. And so I was like, no, but it's fun. But also I think for me is like, I am so comfortable when I'm around people that I know um, support me. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I knew it would be okay if I made a TikTok. Like I didn't, I knew that it would like be received well. Okay. Like where no one would be like, oh, like, yeah. you know. And like, there was a situation too. Like, man, I don't know And then, dude, I double TikTok. No, bro, it was full. It was like full. As in like band members. Yeah, the band members were Bala. There was like one person who was Bala coming. There was like, like we still had to like set up this Pashi. So there was like some like five minutes, like 10 minutes where 
I kind of have to stall a little bit. Actually, I was considering doing the first half of the set just with me, okay? Without the band, because I was like, the band's not going to get here on time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not mm-hmm. fair on them as well. Mm-hmm. So, but I'll just do the first five songs or first three, four songs myself, and then we'll do it with the rest of the band. The tackle band came on time, and then I had that moment where I made the TikTok. Like I also have like if you're feeling like technical difficulties and a lot of people are already there and and you don't know what to do. Like the situation was it like Yeah, for sure, bro. I was like I think in that moment it's like right, people just don't want to be bored, okay? If you're talking, if you're entertaining them in any way, they're not like, oh, we came here for music. Like, if they're laughing, if they're being entertained, if there's a guy on stage who's, like, interacting with them, I think they're like, yeah, that's fine if, if I wait 5, 10 minutes. But if it's 10 minutes of an empty stage, you have no idea what's happening. That's when people start to get a little antsy, get a little bit annoyed. That I was on stage, I was, like, interacting with them, I was making jokes. I knew that, like, I was buying myself enough time for or my, my, like my band to come and do their thing. And then did you also interact with other musicians? Yeah. Um... So I interacted with, I mean, yeah, like I know all of, no, I don't know all of them. I've like, we're in the same. So what's funny is that Sushant and I actually went to high school together. We're in the same year in high school. Ah. So I know him from before, before everything. <laughs> and then Samir, we met for like, we were doing ads for the Mahotsab thing. And so we'd met at like G, I think it was like their office. So we'd met there. Um, and then Sopna, I haven't really had a good conversation with, but like, we say hi and stuff. And then the rest of the artists say, um, I knew from before. Ne? So I'm not really like ah, close with any of them, but like I say hi, hello and stuff. Yeah. And then like when you start doing music and when you post these songs, eh, no? do you have anything in mind? Like I want my songs to be esto, bonera, esto genre, ma bonera. I don't have anything like that. I just... I just want my songs to be good. Mm-hmm. I just want my songs to be heard. Mm-hmm. And I want I just want my songs to affect people in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Where if they're sad, if like if it makes them sad, if it makes them happy, if it makes them like whatever, but I want them to be like touched emotionally by it, okay? So when people hear my songs, like I don't want them to be at you like, yeah, it's okay. Like I just want them to be like, oh, this is fun, or this is like really sad, or this is like really like sweet. But like I just wanted to, I just want my songs to elicit some form of like reaction in them. Okay? What genre would your music be classified into? It's so varied, bro. Especially my album. There's like lo-fi stuff. There's pop rock. There's like, I would just say like maybe like pop rock is what the majority of the album sounds like. And I think a lot of musicians hit this roadblock, you know, where like, do I want to put out songs in English or in Nepali? Did you have that? Not really, but I think I have that. It's not a roadblock. It's just like a decision you make. And for me, it's like, right, like my end goal is not, oh, I want to write songs in English or I want songs right. It's like, I want to write songs. And so whatever language people prefer to listen to, that's where I'm going to write the songs. And so I think... Yeah, that's where you're headed as well. It's like, Nepali Magid it does a lot better. Huh. And so I think that's kind of where I'm headed right now is that I just want to write a little bit more. Yeah, and then Tardiera, like you, your first song was Tardiera, right? Mm-hmm. And then that compared to your um, English song, I think, uh-huh. So what, at that point, were you like, I'll, I'll probably stick to Nepali. I, I didn't think I would probably stick 
to Nepali. I think it's just like I'm probably gonna write more songs now mm-hmm. in Nepali than I probably will in English. Mm-hmm. I think if I still have a song that means a lot to me and it's a very good song that I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is a good song. I think I'll still write in English. Thought I think I'll focus my efforts more towards right. Yeah, I think you know, I also uh, looked at your TikTok page, and right? so I mean, I think you transitioned into a bit Nepali. Pila, Pila, I think it was English a lot, and then you switched to Nepali, and then then Tang Bogaira say you are like traction body on the Thalao. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, this is this is where yeah. we are, and so yeah, solely bolne tateyo, and so. Yeah, it just makes sense that I think I just was like, okay, like if this helps reach more people, then this is what I'll do. Uh, and then like w- like your songs, right? How do you choose the right words for your song? Was it like gig my bazaera like unsani? Oh shit, your your word maraksu one, okay? Is it like cost cost process? That's a that's such a good question, bro, because it's so varied. Like there are some songs that I write in like one hour uh-huh. and the song is done from start to finish. Yeah. And there are some songs where I will obsess over the same word for months like there'll be songs where like i'll be like oh this like because i'm very particular i mean i'm not saying i'm a very good songwriter but i think i'm very particular about the way it flows okay so i don't like when artists just like fit a word in there just just like they like scrunch the word up and they just like fit it in there and so i like it when every like syllable makes sense in the context of the song as a whole okay And so there are times where I'm like, oh, this like if I just put this word there, it's done. But I want, I want to change it until it sounds perfect. Mm-hmm. And for you, does the uh, music come first, or I mean, does the uh, music come first, or does the lyrics come first? They both come like at the same time. Same time. Yeah. And then quite like the roadblock also, where like you have the lawyer, you know, that the words right moment my route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think for both happens where I'm like, oh, I have these lyrics, yeah, that I don't have the proper like melody for it and then uh-huh. he, like i have these i have this like little verse that i've written okay uh-huh. and it's been there for two years now and i just haven't found the right like melody for it okay because i think it's such a sweet verse that i when i like when i actually sing it i want it to be the perfect like accompanying melody okay mm-hmm. that i just don't have that yet so it's so much easier when i get both at the same time okay which is why i work the way i work is that like I'll be playing guitar, I'll be singing and so the words they come at the same time as the a melody and so it makes a lot more sense to me. Uh and then I have I've seen uh, musicians they have this specific dedicated time for their zani uh-huh. uh, lyrics of the stay unique poet for example and he has this uh kibansa he has this time and he just writes songs and then to a process and he gives himself the time and do we also have this dedicated time like each day or is it like you din malai song I wish I had more of like a proper like routine where I wrote songs every day ago I write songs so the music is funny if I have free time and I'm in the mood or like I'm just what usually happens is that I'm not even I'm in a mood I'll just have my guitar I'll just be playing around even if I'm like watching Netflix or something watching YouTube if I'm just playing around and I strike a chord that I'm like oh this could be something and then I just immediately go into the mood where I'm like okay I need to write this song and I need to develop this as much as I can as a and so that's usually how it happens is that I'll just be like playing around and then it's just like I just like snap right into a mood where I'm like okay now we're going into it and then like um for example how do you do you guys like do musicians know that oh shit your parts it might go viral one 
Um, I don't know about viral. It's so funny we're As talking about like music viral, with viral. Viral, viral no, no, like maybe catchy. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, for me, I think when I wrote Beauty La Coach, like the part, I didn't know it would do as well. But when I heard it in the studio for the first time, I knew it was going to do well. Like when I heard it in the studio for the first ever, I was like, when I heard it played back with like the keyboard, like with, not keyboards, a piano, with a piano and the strings and the guitar. And when you know the part where it goes like, doom, I remember hearing it in the studio and then I was like, okay, this is probably going to do well. And then musicians do this thing where like you're a song viral guy, they'll take that element, you know, of the chord progression of what you and make it into a new like song okay? and does that top 11 do you think you'll do that i think it happens unintentionally bro i'm so i don't have i'm not advanced enough to be coming up with all these cool chord progressions like all i know is basic and so i think that happens quite often even without me trying but uh, i think i try my best to come up with like interesting things every time mm-hmm and I think you don't really have to have this expert level of yeah bro I think for the longest time that was a big blocker for me because yeah. mm-hmm. I was like oh I love Frank Ocean mm-hmm. I'm only gonna put out a song when it sounds like something Frank Ocean would put out mm-hmm. or I was like oh like, I love like John Mayer I'm only gonna put out a song when I write something as good as like Edge of Desire mm-hmm. but like, you're never gonna get there if you don't write it in the first place like if you mm-hmm. don't put out like I don't wanna say the word shit but you have to take it all out of you okay, before you can get to the gems okay because you're never going to develop. Okay, so that fear of Funzani, when you're like, oh, I'll only do this thing when I'm really good at it, you're never going to get good at it. So you kind of have to just say like, F it. Like, I'm just going to try my best. Zones, zones. And that's how you develop. And I think I saw this, you were like with TikTok and he was talking about how it's really hard and then you probably have to think a lot when you go into this music field. And then you really have to think about how you make and on how do you market your songs, right? So, a lot of teens are watching right now, right? And then do you, like, what, what advice would you give them? I think the main advice I would give is, is make good music, but more importantly, be very purposeful in every decision that you make. So, for example, like, um, be very, like, strategic about how you release it, be very strategic about like if you're making a lyric video because if you just put out a song with like there's nothing new to it there's nothing to grab people's attention there's nothing where people are like oh like listen to this song man like no matter like everyone puts out good songs every single day okay? but a lot of them don't work because you have to find a way to grab people's attentions okay and that's like the sad truth of it is that like just making good music is not enough anymore mm-hmm. You have to find a way to like set yourself apart because mm-hmm. there are so many songs that other people have written that are much better than songs I've written, but haven't got the same like level of not fame, but just like attraction. Yeah, attraction. And that's because like I was very, very purposeful of like the whole, the whole reason I made TikTok in the first place was to push my songs. Mm-hmm. Like before I ever recorded a song, when I made TikTok, I said one day, and when I put out that song, I just want to be recognizable enough where people are like, hey, let's play. Let's like, let's play it. And then so I was like, I think I can make good enough music where if they hit play, they'll be like, okay, this is not bad. But I just wanted that first level of just like, hey, let's play it. And so I think you have to be very, very purposeful. So while you're involved with other stuff, right? 
do you kind of fear that you will zani lose that kibanyaba like music gonna be since or like you won't be able to give time to music does that fear occur to you um not really i think it's more just like i haven't fully committed to anything in my life right and that's kind of how i like it it's just being able to do whatever i want you know so if i if if one day i'm like i'm done playing music like i'll just do this tiktok thing full time or i'll just make tiktoks and do ads and stuff i think i'll be happy with it but like i think for me i think if you make good enough anything if you make good enough content if you make good enough music if you make good enough like whatever you do if you're good enough at it no matter how much of a break you take when you come back people will always be there to like watch it or listen to it like for example like frank ocean right like he comes and he drops an album every 5 years but every time he drops an album everyone's watching the whole world's waiting for it and that's because he makes such good songs versus like someone who maybe doesn't put in as much effort or isn't as good so when they leave and they come back it's like oh well it's gone so i think like i i'm not overly confident but i think i put enough effort into my content my music where when i come back if i take a break there's at least a small group of people who are willing to like listen to us like and watch it so that's what i'm backing on i feel it because like i want to give an example and you know, my friend i uh, know he is very whitewashed he's like I'm just going to make um songs in English because it's like unsani I I fear that a lot of people won't unsani listen to it and I'm like bro like kinik Nepal man there's audience and yeah. maybe you start off with doing it in Nepal and then you expand tabai jose so tabai ke bhanno chance wale malaise is to but for me it's like I'm not married to a language I'm not very married to this genre I just do whatever I think. Like I'm very focused on the end result. Okay? Mm-hmm. I'm very focused on putting out something that people will listen to, that mm-hmm. people will enjoy. Like I live for when people are like, "Die, your song helped me so much," or like, "Die, I really like that song, man." Like that's all I want. And so if I write in English, if I write in Nepali, French, whatever, like that doesn't matter to me. It doesn't. I don't care if I wrote like a ballad or a rock song or a whatever. Like as long as people are enjoying my music, that's all I care about. And so. But then that's that's me, eh? yeah. But if your friend is more like, I'm gonna write in English, like that's where I write the best. That's what I want to do. But that's that's his prerogative or her prerogative, right? their prerogative. And then like of a music production, or the hairy, you make like music or the hairy. The thing that comes in my mind is like money investment. Yeah. And tapayle, how much have you invested in like music? Music making music videos is not. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, cheap, yeah. it's not cheap at all. Uh, so, tell me your first experience with like making a music video. Um, I think it was I didn't realize how much work goes into making a music video. Uh-huh. Even the most simple music videos have so much work behind them. Like Miro Hizuasa wa Nigitma, like I don't know how but like we had a huge team, okay? Not huge, but we had like a big team and we were working from like Banat Pasbas the Hibelka Bado with some for two days and we still didn't finish the shoot on time and we had to extend the shoot because there were we were running around all around Kathmandu with all these people and I'd never even considered like every scene that you see is shot like at least four or five times right hmm. between takes there's like someone coming to adjust your makeup there's a different level if you stand there the light hits you perfectly right but if you do a take where you walk just like two inches forward and the light doesn't hit your face just as good the person's gonna be like oh we need to redo that Or if there's like you're outside, 
the sun is perfect you do your take there's something wrong now there's clouds now you gotta wait for that for the clouds to go there's just like so many things you have to think about okay it's just so hectic how did you do the car scene because like this much traffic so bit some boss no versa i think it was jomsi khelni jomsi khelma it was so hectic bro it was so hectic and then i think you had shanaya didi and elena so that was not in jomsi khel so shanaya elena and parakram say they were in we were in new road in tamzi kilse we had eva giri uh, and then sid who's also known as nepal dot food mm-hmm. and so um we had those two for tamzi kil and i think the scene with parakram and also was easier because we were like driving around so we were just in the car thought of the one with eva and all the bro we were like we had to park outside tamzi kil ko batoma we had to shoot the scene i'm lip syncing it was just like so much work and we had like people like about it's It's a busy road near but there's people coming those people don't didn't like don't care about my shoot and so they're running around i have a team they're like okay please rok no sek chin i'm they shoot by us action rok no and we're like shooting so it we were like every few minutes we're like okay that's one take and now we have to let all these people go and they're going they're going they're going okay now let's please like stop them for two more seconds and then let's do another take does the anxiety level go up like oh shit i have to make that perfect lips yeah bro i was like so stressed out especially because also like i'm taking these people's time neither uh-huh um and so like sid and eva didn't like sign up for just like being in traffic for like two three hours and not doing anything like they're very, very like everyone in my music video bro the sweetest sweetest people and so like sid actually was like bro like chill down like relax no matter how long it takes we're good with it like we're here for you so just like relax we'll get the shot and that helped calm me down so much because i was like yeah i'm taking their time and then uh but we have to do it quickly 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 we have to get it out of the way and then so he was like okay bro we'll just get it so relax kinin ke about like when you're going time lino pore when you're like bulonu pore then to manage karna yeah but they've taken time out of their day and then they're both very busy people they've taken time out of their day or they've come for my shoot and i just didn't want it to be a, a situation where they walk from it they're like i shouldn't have done that like that was a waste of my time or that was like too much mm-hmm. but yeah it was yeah it was very intense that uh it was very like rewarding as well to see the end product and yeah. and then do you like uh to music video concept do you write it yourself or um so to music video go say initial the very basic concept say i had and then with my team say they helped really develop it into the proper like storyline like they did like 89 most of the work they did but i had the very very basic concept of like i wake up late for a date she's upset with me and i'm trying to fuck out her uh-huh. so that was that's all i had and then they developed into like you run around yeah but there you're in a car you're in a scooter all that stuff so like my team helped uh, develop and then like over to gorde go and bono they go when the the more longer it gets the higher it's costing you and yeah. to cut the factoring by boss um i think i mean i think what i knew was that if i wanted to do it i wanted to do it right and if you want to do it right it's difficult to do it for cheap and so i think going in i already knew that it was not going to be like super super cheap vision that i said to ek din ko shoot like he spend around 30,000 like that's a lot how mm. much did you spend for that music I, i'd rather not say bro hey, well, yeah dude is it like a high number motim la off camera bonsunta hey sure yeah. sure sure it's not it's it's not a high camera like for a normal music like, it's not it didn't go way above budget or anything mm-hmm. i think like with vision i think he has a team and he's much more like um kebani not like 
He just does things at a lower scale. I'm not saying that's worse. I'm just saying that like he achieves. And honestly, I think like I need to learn from him a little bit because I think what he achieves with like what he has is amazing. Okay? Mm -hmm. So like his music video and I think like and mine, I think are very comparable. Okay, yeah. But I think the cost was way different because he was just again, he was more like strategic, right? Like he just like decided on a more um interesting concept that wasn't as like hectic that didn't require as many moving parts mm -hmm. that didn't require as much stuff and so he was able to achieve um like the same thing but probably for a lot cheaper than i was able to do it and so you already have that budget until kiss my meat boy um it probably went a little bit over budget because i mean i'm a day extend boy okay. again the reason my music video was so hectic was because we had so many locations so if you watch the video, you'll see like every scene is in a different location. And so when, if you think about it, right, a different location means all the crew has to move to that location. All these lights have to move, move yeah. right? Everything has to move. They have to be taken down and re-put up, right? And then we have to relight the whole thing because the way you light this, this room right here is very different than you would light a different room. And so all that needs to happen again. And so every location we go to is like four or five hours. And then we had this thing where like my, the lead, my, uh, a female lead, she was wearing like nails. Okay. But we had to, every time we had to switch outfits, she had to switch nails. And that took an hour every time. Oh. And we didn't account for that. And so we had to switch from one outfit back to that one, back to that one. Okay. So we spent just three hours just waiting for her nails to be done. And small stuff like that, just like, when I think about it, I'm like, oh my God, bro, we were so like, could have been avoided. Thought of, how would we have known? But then last night it was worth it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It was 100% worth it. Like, I think, like, I'm so proud of what we did, Hunzani, like, especially in the scale that we did it, like, with the VFX, with all these influencers. We had like 12 or 13 influencers in this one video. And the way we achieved it, I mean, it's so well shot. Like, my team was just so good. Okay? Like I think every... the, the interesting thing where, like, you had yourself the laptop. Yeah, exactly. A small, small like, yeah. miniature. Like, we, we have VFX in this one. And honestly speaking, for my first ever music video, I think I went a little bit overboard. And uh -huh. all these influencers, VFX, CFX. So at the end of the day, like, I'm really proud of what we achieved. And it was a very, very, like, the whole, like, it was a very interesting thing that I did. So but I think, yeah. yeah, but I think uh, it definitely was interesting because like, oh shit, I know Shanaidi, I know these influencers. Exactly. Okay, I see that in your music video and I'm excited yeah, myself. Exactly, right? exactly. They, they got it. I think Patsy got it. It's more interesting. I think overboard, you know, it was more interesting elements to your music video. Mm -hmm. So while writing your um, songs, you know, mm -hmm. how much how much does your raw emotion be put into your songs i think a lot of people that i've seen interviews us they create their situation on their dimahmik situation create garsa and the situation later say music what's your like i think it depends on the song i think if i'm writing a song where i'm pulling from my own experience then it becomes very emotional I draw from past experiences, past emotions, how I felt and stuff. But oftentimes, so what I do is I put myself in the character that I'm making in the song. I'm, I put myself in their shoes. Okay? And then I imagine the world from their eyes. 
And then I imagine of a, what they must be going through, what emotions they must be feeling, what difficulties, what happiness, like what all that I try to imagine, like what they would be mm. going through. And then I write based on that. Mm. And then did the song Tadiera uh, be, was, was it influenced by uh, your past breakups? Not really. So that song is a little bit about me because in some of my past relationships, I was like long distance for a few, for a while. But it was mainly Zay. I thought about, so a lot of my friends say like someone went in like if they're dating, one person say went abroad or to different countries. And so for years and years, they were long distance. Okay? But I was so inspired and moved by that belief that they had. Okay? Mm-hmm. That like, we're apart right now. We'll be back together. And when we're back together, it's for life. So I was so moved by that like emotion and that belief that I was like, okay, I'm going to put myself in their shoes, but not just their shoes. I think it's the story of everyone in any like third world countries. You, someone in your family has to go or like someone in your extended family, your friends, everyone at some point, like some, like we all know someone abroad. Eh? We all have a family member. We all have a friend who we dearly love who's not with us right now. And like, physically and so i think i wrote that song because it's the truth for all of us it's the truth for all of us and so i really wanted to develop on that and take that forward does it mean i forget my lyrics often gay so when there's a crowd singing i just like let them sing the part that i forget gay. <laughs> that is a really smart yeah, way bro. and then i'm just like ah, <laughs> yeah mike yeah <clears throat> So I wanted to shift to content creation. Now, mm-hmm. When did you start content creation? Uh, once again, <clears throat> it was, again, it was during lockdown. I think 2020 was when I made my first ever TikTok. And then from then on, I just started creating content. <clears throat> and where like to content creation, I'll post, I, I'll promote my songs. But you know, was that in your back of the mind? That was from the beginning. Yeah, when beginning. I first made my TikTok, is because I knew I just want some form of recognition where people listen to my music. And so the very beginning, from the very beginning, my goal was from TikTok was to just get my face out there enough where if people see me, they'll be like, okay, let's listen. This strategy, was it like influenced by others or like you were already aware of what you want to do? I think it just, I saw how TikTok was taking people with no following and overnight giving them a huge following. And I never had aspirations of, oh, I'm going to get millions or whatever. But I just wanted to like, if even like a hundred people more know my face and will click, well, once any will click play, that's enough for me. Okay? Mm. So I never, I, in my wildest dreams, I didn't think I would be here once any with like people recognizing me on the street being like, hey, die from TikTok. Like I never, ever thought that would happen. Okay? So that was never the goal and it still isn't, but it was always just to create a platform for me to promote my music. I think like when I when I talk to my friends and then when they see you, the first thing that they, uh, comes in their mind is like, oh, the guy from TikTok. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, do you think this form of content creation for musicians is underrated? Um, I think it works for me because I don't see myself as just a musician or just mm. a content creator. I think they're just different aspects of what I do. I think I get fulfillment from both of them. But mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I really enjoy making music. And so that definitely fulfills me more. That uh, I don't limit myself just to music or just to content creation. Like, I'm never going to be like, oh, I don't make TikToks anymore. Like, that stuff. Like, like, I'll always have that aspect of my life as well. And I think if you're, I mean, if you're 
an up and coming musician and you're not pushing yourself on TikTok, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. Okay? Even if it's just uploading you singing your songs, even if it's just like uploading little like, I don't know, if you like go about your day, just take five videos and then in the background, put your song and just put it on TikTok. You know, it doesn't have to be like me where I was like pushing everywhere and everything. I was like, Bujda Kutsu. but like you can, there are ways for you to push your songs. And yeah, I think if you're up and coming, then it's like a must have. I think uh, Charlie Puth is like a great example of him doing this because now I feel involved of when he start, when he's making music and then it's it's everywhere and he, he has this smart element where while creating his song, he adds his viewers to that song. I think that is a very good way of promoting their music. And then like, I want to talk about like, uh, since you were doing this content creation, like you also started doing skits, right? Mm-hmm. When was the point where you were like doing skits? Actually, when I first started creating content, it was just me singing. Mm-hmm. It was me doing like covers. Yeah. Yeah, covers. And then I remember so distinctly, I had this like really dumb video okay, that was just like for fun. And when I posted it, my sister was like, my, my older sister, she was like, this isn't what you should be doing. Just like only put like covers. This is so dumb. And then that video hit like 20,000. And I was like, bro, like this is <laughs> clearly is working, right? Clearly there's something yeah, here. Yeah. And yeah. And then after that happened, I was just like, okay, I'll just do whatever I want. If I think of something funny, if I think of something like, oh, this could be good, I'll just do it. And then in the side, I'll always be posting singing and stuff. So like the back of the head, was it like, music got as a stay? Do you like write down your content ideas? And Yeah, bro, all the time. I'm always, I think that's one of the things that people on TikTok, when you watch a TikTok, it seems so easy. You're like, ah, I could have done this. But you don't see like, a lot of them take a lot of time and effort and right like every tiktok i make is like there's a script that's already pre-written and i already think about what angles i'm going to shoot these from and i'm already thinking about okay what clothes am i going to wear what are my facial expressions going to be like so it seems very dumb when you just a tiktok but uh, i think people do put a lot of effort into it so i think um, yeah it's definitely a lot more difficult than it seems to mic yeah. oh. oh is it is it fine I think it's all good. Yeah, sound all good. Come here, sir. Oh, oh. Are you the tone puller guy, bro? Yeah, is it better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, talking about content creation, right? How much are you involved in, like, going live and all other stuff? Live, say, I don't go that often. Um, I think I'm just so not busy, but I think I just haven't made it a huge part of my journey on TikTok, and so mm. I don't really. I've, last time I went live was probably months ago. I don't go live that often. What's your thoughts of, about like people going live on TikTok? I mean, I think if it works for you, it works for you. I have no... Is, like, is it like fun you watching other people's live? Do you have that time? I don't really watch people's lives. Mm-hmm. I don't really go live. Like, I, that's not really how I consume content. And so that's not really something that speaks to me that much. That if you do it, that well, do what you want. Yeah. Really. And then do you... Is uh, TikTok and YouTube your primary source of um um putting out content like yeah and then on instagram i post pictures of my life that uh i think tiktok is primarily where i post content and then youtube is primarily i just put only music and then like there's a kind of like a war i'd say war uh, war would be a really dramatic way to put it but there's this um argument between tiktokers and youtube like where do you um, put yourself in that situation i don't really care 
like you 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 don't care at yeah, all call me what you want bro i, I don't care no. i think people care about that too much man yeah. at the end of the day like no matter what medium you're using you're still <clears throat> doing the same exact thing and so i think people care too much i think just do whatever you want like it doesn't matter and i think i think tiktok has given you a lot of opportunities to uh you know communicate with a lot of influencer you have a lot of influencer friends and you have done a lot of uh tiktoks with your mm-hmm. influencer friends how did that came about um i think it depends i think sometimes i like sometimes i just meet them like when i'm out mm-hmm. i just like oh my god bro like i know you and they're like oh yeah i know you as well and then if we like share a good vibe then i'll be like yo let's make content uh, but sometimes it's people that I knew he like you know like Mr. Pivash Sunny school okay and so when he started making content as well I was like yeah I mean it makes so much sense for us to collaborate like it's of course like of course we're gonna do it and and, and then the vote mm-hmm. I'd say vote team yeah. Bonumna, yeah. how did that came into place so do you would say we work with this uh, non-profit and the non like their primary goal is to promote voting here uh, and so I think their primary thing is like voter education. So, and it's like embarrassing to say, but they're all the stuff that I preach. Like I didn't know before I started working with them, like how your vote becomes invalid by when you have to vote, all that stuff. Like I think you and I, when we were growing up, it doesn't really like, we don't think about that too often. Okay? Whereas it's such an important part of our everyday life. Like every day, the people who you voted for, they affect your life. Uh-huh. be it the road that's not being built or just like stuff like that like every day the decisions or like the fact that you didn't vote it really affects your life every day and so yeah um so they brought us all together they taught us like push this message but push that message and so that's how we started to work together do you think that um that circle made you a bit more creative in your style of making content 100 percent, 100 i think the best thing uh if you're a content creator the best thing you can do is like work with other people uh, one of the best things because then your audience and their audience they both are, are like if i work with someone else their audience gets to know me as well uh-huh. and my my audience gets to know them and creatively you guys like start to develop ideas that you would have never had alone and so it's better for the content. It's better for you as a creator. And so, yeah, if you have any opportunities, everyone out there, if you have an opportunity of collaborating, be it for content, be it for music, be it for whatever, I feel like you should just go for it. I think it was very interesting. Like I thought, I, I see, I think it was a normal TikTok, right? But at the end of the like yeah, end of the yeah. clip, it was like, vote for this. Yeah, and bro, we, we, we think so hard on how to do that because we realized that like, after a certain point, everyone's kind of t- like, not tired, but everyone's kind of like, okay, we get it. Like, you want us to vote we get it so we all the time have to think of new ways to like trick you into thinking it's a different kind of a video and then at the end we're like okay this is the thing that we're trying so to do you guys have like a team and then you you work together and then like when any boss content yeah i mean i think um so the team like we just like brainstorm together and then obviously there's like people who my content aligns with more and then mm-hmm. so i gravitate more towards working with them mm-hmm. and there's other people whose content makes more it makes makes more mm-hmm. sense for them to collaborate and so like they gravitate towards each other and so we're just i mean we have a common goal and then it's all of us just trying to like make sense of that and try to get to that goal when talking about like uh, the future of nepal a lot of teenagers still struggle to like go into politics because they, they they seem politics they see politics as this dirty game right and i think you guys have this any really creative way of showing that it's not 
this to at all you know and then i think you bars a lot of good candidates and you know? mm-hmm. young candidates are actually uh joining the whole team right so do you see a good future for nepal yeah i mean i definitely do i think we're headed in a direction where um people are being pushed to be more purposeful with their actions okay people like me as well right this like i think there so you don't i don't think you have to be very like oh i'm going to join politics or anymore this bonosu but i think at the bare minimum you should be okay there's this candidate that i like who represents the values that i stand for as well i'm going to vote for that person whether they win or not is a separate question but i think as like people who can vote i think it is our right and our duty to vote okay so that the direction that we want this country to go towards becomes a little bit more attainable okay because when we're just complaining like that's no nothing's going to happen okay but maybe if we make a little bit more effort and this is me and you and everyone included maybe things will get better i think yeah because like uh, our audience is very young right teenagers mm-hmm. and yeah. then, uh they, they see tiktok as a fun tool right yeah. and then that fun tool when we implement like your kind of content for voting i think it kind of gravitates them to vote more right yeah 100% i mean i think for me as well like if like when i see people use their platform to bring about change it always like inspires me as well like oh yeah you know like i have a platform that i've built like i want to use that for good as well and i want to influence people in the right way i want to push people towards doing the right things and so yeah i think i'm inspired by it and hopefully the people who watch my content are also inspired by it uh how up to date are you with the current political situation of nepal um pretty up to date uh do you think that after like working with these people do you think you're more aware about the situation in nepal um i think i've always been aware of the political situation uh-huh. i think after working with um yeah working with my team i've just become a lot more aware about the electoral process so that much like that, that specific areas i've learned a lot more hey. but i've always been interested in politics. i think you did a mock calco tiktok video where you the vote dinner what, what yeah, was yeah. that like, oh yeah so we just i mean basically like if you're a first time voter mm-hmm. a lot of the time you're scared about like i don't know what to do when i'm there like mm-hmm. and there aren't a lot of resources for you to be like oh this is what you do so we did a mock poll or a mock election where we basically showed you what it's like to go vote okay so you show up they'll take your id card they'll they'll take your name and then you stand in the proper line and then you get your voters roll. So everyone if you just watch that one video, you are so much more confident in what happens when you vote, okay? Mm. So that when you do go, you're not like, "Oh, I'm going to make a fool of myself. I don't know what to do." So that was kind of our goal with that. And then how 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 much how much easier has it gotten to like vote in the current situation? Ki pehla dikhne thyo ki a lot of people are like it's so hard so do you think it's it, it's it's gotten more easier i mean i don't know if it's gotten more easier like i haven't been involved for that long i haven't been involved for that long but what i will say is that it's not it's nearly it's not nowhere near as difficult as you think it is be it to register be it to go vote it's nowhere near as difficult as you think it is and so i think the biggest barrier to people not voting is themselves um, obviously there are situations where people are restricted and stuff like that that's a, that's a different point right but if you want to vote and you can i think it's like doable to do so okay yeah. are you rooting for anybody in the scene right now um i'm not rooting for anybody anybody in particular but i am rooting for people who 
see a future in our country that isn't um or to paraphrase to phrase it differently i'm rooting for change as a whole mm-hmm. so i'm not rooting for a particular person particular party but i think we all know everything like we're tired kids and we know what we what we can achieve and what we're asking for is not too much so that's what i'm voting for is just so that everyone has a better life i think balansha would be a perfect example because Usli, I don't think he he spent a lot in marketing like when Sunny vote got he just rooted for a cause and everybody just followed, right? I think that's like the key thing for a lot of youths. Yeah, I think I mean for me, what I would say is that again, okay, you don't have to be involved in politics. You don't have to like be Balancha and run for mayor. But the least you can do is when people that um that when people do stand up and do and do and people do like try to enter politics with a positive um future and something like with that in mind i think the least we can do is vote for them okay? so that even if they don't win the next generation of people with this with like the same dream they see it's possible nita like if they get like zero votes like no one else is going to stand up again but if they get like i don't know 1000 and the next year people like those get 2000 and the next year is 3000 and like it becomes much more of an achievable dream if we all buy into it mm-hmm. yeah So like uh, uh last question would be like can we expect any songs real soon like songs no music videos Yeah so I have a music video dropping probably December ma um and after that I think next year I'm trying to focus on releasing um like as many songs as I can I don't know if I'll make a music video for all of them but uh I'll be definitely I'll definitely be dropping new music soon So thank you so much Wang yeah, and thank you so for... much for Oh I forgot to mention my new video is called Kathmandu Cowboy and it's out December so make sure to go watch it. So thank you Wang and Thai for, yeah, for coming uh, to the podcast you changed a lot of th- uh, opinions that I had right about voting about a lot of uh, music mm-hmm. productions and stuff. Thank you so much for having Thank me. you so much for having me bro.